are listening to the Batflip Podcast, a baseball podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Damian and Matt. Welcome back, everyone, to the Batflip Podcast. My name is Damian here with my co-host, Matt, coming to you on May 25th of 2022. Got an episode. We're going to talk about the uh, the Yankees' injury problems, uh, a big starter going down for the Mets, uh, a wild game between the Mets and the Giants from this past week. Uh, one of the top prospects in baseball got his call up to the major leagues and debuted this week. Um, extension. And then we're going to, through the quarter way of the season, we're going to buy or sell some of the uh, the worst starts that we've had so far um, of teams that we expected to compete. And then we'll jump to players of the week at the end. But before we get into all of that, how are you doing, Matt? I'm doing pretty good. Just uh, hanging out. Kind of a uh, little disappointed today. We were... You know, it's one of my favorite weeks of the year with where the SEC baseball tournaments in Birmingham. And uh, this is why we're recording on Wednesday night because I was supposed to go to the game last night. Uh, but uh, we've had some horrible weather issues this week. And uh, we're still, um, you know, I think they're, they've canceled the rest of the games tonight. So there's been like four game, five games played in the entire tournament in three days. So uh, that's been a little disappointing not to get to go see some, some really good Southeastern Conference baseball. But uh but it's been a pretty good week other than that, so ready to talk about some baseball. We've got a pretty good full pack show today. so Yeah, we do. So let's just go ahead and we'll jump right in with the Yankees. Um, and we'll start for just this week alone. The injury bug has taken a, quite a hit on them outside of COVID issues, which they had with Joey Gallo and Josh Donaldson. Um, you got to look at Giancarlo Stanton had a calf strain. Uh, Roldis Chapman had Achilles tendonitis. Uh, Jonathan Loizaga had right shoulder discomfort. Those were all within the past couple days uh, that they got put on the IL. Uh, and then another high leverage reliever for them and Chad Green had a right elbow strain and was actually announced today that he is undergoing Tommy John surgery. Yeah, this is really one of the things that, that could potentially derail the Yankees season. They've, they've had such a good start to their season. and uh, But, uh, you know, a lot of their key contributors have had injury issues in the past. You look at Stanton, that's been a big problem for him since he got to, uh, or really his whole career, but especially since he got to New York. And then you look at, um, you know, um, you look at uh, uh, even like he's not hurt right now, but Aaron Judge is another guy you just worry about because of his injury history. But uh, obviously he's healthy and playing extremely well right now. But um, look at some of these guys. I mean, the those are three relievers that that just went on the IL that last year and in years past have been really key to the Yankees bullpen. And uh, you know, obviously, you know, Chad Green, Tommy John surgery. It's a legit. He's gonna be out a long time. But the other two have really struggled. Uh, Loizaga, uh, you know, probably shoulder injury. You know, I, I would assume that's. That's something, you know, for real. And, and Chapman, I mean, I honestly feel like this is one of those, uh, you know, IL him and see if he can get right type things. He might have an, some Achilles tendonitis. Obviously, I, I hope he's okay if he does. But, um, you know, he's really been struggling. And uh, then you had the, the COVID issues, too, with Donaldson and Joey Gallo being on the IL. I think – I know Joey Gallo got activated today. I'm not sure about Donaldson, but um, those guys have been uh, – been having issues with with COVID apparently so uh but yeah I mean the Yankees uh, they'll, they'll overcome this most of these injuries outside of Chad Green are, are not don't seem to be uh super long term unless Stanton caught Mike Trout's calf strain from last year which hope not but um we'll see what happens hopefully uh hopefully these guys come back pretty soon because the Yankees have been really fun to watch this year yeah and just I mean you know looking towards their start of the season they're 30 and 13 they're leading that division by four and a half games 
um, you know, this is the type of injuries that can allow the Rays, who are four and a half back, or even the Blue Jays, who we'll talk more about here later, um, you know, to kind of peek their way back in there if these, uh, you know, turn into to longer term injuries. But hopefully they're back, especially Stanton and Chapman are, are two fun people to watch when they're on their game. Um, but hopefully they uh, they come back pretty soon. But going from one New York team to the other New York team, uh, we'll hit on the Mets for the next couple stories here. And I feel like you gave them the jinx a little bit last week, Matt, when you were mentioning on the podcast that, uh, you know, they're starting pitching issues with DeGrom and Tyler McGill already and saying that Max Scherzer's had his health issues. Actually, the day we were recording that, uh, he got an oblique strain, had to come out of his start early. It's a pretty big one. They said that he's out looking at six to eight weeks until he gets reevaluated. Yeah, this is, um, you know, really tough at the Mets. Uh, like I said last week, first off, it's not a jinx. It's just Nostradamus. But um, but anyways, I, you look at Max Scherzer, and he's a guy he's, he's had his issues the last couple of years with injury, and I don't think people have paid too much attention to it. You know, for, for about five or six years, he was a total workhorse, 200-plus innings every year from 20, uh, 2013 through 2018. Then, you know, I, and obviously 2020 doesn't count because of the COVID year, but um, 2019 and 2021, his innings were way down compared to what they have typically been. Uh, you know, 2019, only 27 starts. Typically, he's in the 33-34 range. He's missed some starts. Last year, you know, missed two or three starts. Had, I think he had hamstring issues last year. But uh, remember also the playoffs. He had the, you know, the dead arm in the playoffs. So this is a guy who, you know, he's 37 years old. And, you know, when you're relying on a 37-year-old as your ace, you know, you can't f- be fully sure he's always going to be there, at, you know, just because 37. I mean, a guy could just be in tip-top phenomenal condition, but still, you know, he's got a lot of mileage on that arm. And, um, you know, obviously this is an arm injury, but, you know, even even so, um, it's really unfortunate for the Mets because Max Scherzer was pitching extremely well. Uh, a 296 FIP, a 254 ERA in his first 49 innings this year. His velocity was actually a little bit down, but um, what walking anybody is to strikeouts are still at 11 strikeouts per nine, which is, you know, elite. And um, he was still pitching extremely well, but... Uh, you know, six to eight weeks, and uh, we'll see what happens for him. But, but for the time being, the Mets are now without Jacob DeGrom or Max Scherzer, and they're going to be that way for a pretty pretty long, lengthy amount of time. Yeah, and then just looking towards the rotation that they got to have now, you know, that makes Chris Bassett pretty much become the ace of that staff now. Um, you have Carlos Carrasco, you have Tywin Walker, but then you're going to be relying on guys like David Peterson and I'm going to butcher this name, but Thomas Zapuki, is that how you say it? I have no idea how to say that. Uh, Yeah, I don't know either, but you're going to be counting on guys like them to, you know, be major parts of that rotation. Um, And you're looking at at least until July, until you're getting DeGrom or Scherzer back at the the earliest, Um, you know, and who knows what's going on with Tyler McGill. So it is a big hit to the Mets, uh, you know, the Mets staff. They've been pretty pretty decent offensively but you know that, that can only overcome so much um and that kind of leads to to the next you know story with the Mets as well is they had a wild game with the Giants actually last night um on Tuesday had a little back and forth early uh the Giants took a six run lead then the Mets came back in the seventh scored two then in the seventh they scored or they scored seven in the eighth to I believe it's high at the Giants scored three in the bottom of the eighth. 
the Mets scored one in the ninth, and then the Giants scored two in the bottom of the ninth uh, to end up walking it off and winning the game 13-12. And just a couple highlights from that game. Jock Peterson of the Giants had three homers with eight RBIs, and then for the Mets, Lindor had a couple hits with six RBIs. Yeah, that was just a crazy game. Uh, it kind of it kind of goes to show the Mets issues with you know, that pitching. I mean, it's not ideal for them right now. I think Chris Bassett might have started that game too, but um, but yeah, I mean, you look at uh, you look at that game, and the Giants have really needed that. You know, Jock Peterson started off the first few weeks of the season on fire, and then he had a little bit of an injury and had to go on the. I don't remember if he went on the IL or if he just missed four or five games, but he never really got back into a rhythm. And then the last couple days, he's just caught fire again so uh that's been nice obviously jack jock peterson is notoriously streaky of a player he had a home another home run again today but um i think i saw something where they've been tracking i think might have been fan graphs uh saw an article where they had been tracking games for since 1974 for like the win loss uh you know in-game percentages of of you know the pro- probability and that this was like the wildest swings in a game like yeah. it has been tracking since 1974. I think that might have been Ben Clemens writing that article earlier, but I, I read, but on a fan graphs, but that was just crazy. Like, um, you know, this game was wild, and um, you know, it, it's definitely a good news for the Giants uh, to, to be able to pull out some games like that. Then, you know, today the, the you know the Giants put up a, a huge you know amount of runs again. So, uh, you know, the thing that worries you for the Mets is that that I think their offense has been a little bit lucky on balls and play and stuff so far this year. Um, you know, they've they've been they're one of the lower in the league in exit velocities um, so far, and you know they really need that pitching to keep going because that's that was supposed to be their carrying thing was that they had a pretty good offense, but they're they're uh, you know, but their but their pitching was going to carry them, and uh, right now it's tough for a pitching staff to carry you when you know your top two starters on the IL, uh, and then another guy who was having a b- little bit of a breakout, who was on the IL, and then you know you've also they also have a couple of relievers that have been on the IL. I think Trevor May is still on the IL. He's one of their highest paid relievers too, who who's one of their more successful guys in the bullpen. So uh, they they've got a lot of injury issues, and and I mean just you know a typical Mets season i mean everyone every year we make fun of it but it's true i mean they they always have issues with injuries in their in their pitching staff it, it's really unbelievable um so I, I you know it's i'm sure it's a little bit of bad luck there but there's something they're doing in new york that is that is bad for pitchers so well and not even to mention that they lost their starting catcher james mccann um they backdated it to may 11th but he had to have handmade surgery and oh, yeah, he had that surgery on on the 17th So he's out for, you know, six weeks as well. Um, So it's another big thing, you know, a guy who they paid to come in and be their starting catcher, um, you know, on top of, on top of the pitching staff, a guy who you would thought be able to handle your staff, uh, you know, pretty decently. And now you're losing him on top of losing your top starters. Um, You know, so you're going to a backup catcher with, you know, not your best pitching staff in general. So that's going to hurt even more. Yeah, the the good news for the Mets though is, is the fact that the rest of the division scuffling and that they've built up a big enough lead that they could probably weather that lead. They they might lose some of that lead because I mean there's too much talent on like the Phillies and Braves to for them to both stay cold the whole year. But sure. that but that you know it, it it when these guys start coming back they'll probably still have a lead of some sort. So um, 
you know, it's definitely something to look at too. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, the injuries piling up and, uh, some, some, there's going to be some entertaining games with New York, just like that Giants. I don't know about just like that Giants game, but there's going to be some entertaining games with the Mets for a while because of the lack of uh, lack of pitching. So it's going to be a lot of high scorer games. There definitely will be, and we'll a little bit later on we'll talk more about the uh, the NL East here in just a little bit for sure. Yep. So, uh, but the next thing we wanted to jump to is that the I guess probably the best prospect that was left in the minor leagues. We talked a bunch about how. A lot of the guys got their call to start the season. The the one big name that didn't, and that's Adley Rutschman. Basically, um, you know, he was dealing with some sort of an injury um, to begin the year. That's probably why he didn't start in the in the majors, uh, but got his call up this week. Has struggled a little bit so far, but you've seen the flashes of the talent, what he can bring. Yeah, Adley Rutschman is a guy who is going to be – a superstar at the big league level, in my opinion. I think he's the most talented out of all the prospects that those top four or five that everyone's talking about this being one of those like generational type uh, rookie classes in the in the American League. Uh, I felt like he was the best one out of the bunch. I, I thought that it was between him and Julio Rodriguez. Um, you know, maybe Bobby Witt being in there that group as well. But um, I thought that he was th- the best one. And uh, Adley Rutschman has looked you know, in the minor leagues looked great. Uh, he was really unlucky at AAA in his 12 games. He played there it's a 206 Babbitt, which is really low for what he'll end up running. But uh, the fact that you're getting a guy with elite plate discipline, he's got power. He's a switch hitter. He could do it pretty much anything you ask him to. And he's a, and he's an elite catcher. I mean, you're looking at, you know, I don't want to go as far as to say Buster Posey 2.0, but, but a switch hitter, but he's, you know, I feel like he's got a lot of similarities in his game to Buster Posey. Um, so, I mean, I, I think this guy is going to be incredible. You know, knowing the, the struggles for some of these rookies so far, you know, I think Adley Rutschman could end up being the rookie of the year in the American League, even though he started later. You know, we were kind of expecting him to come up at some point, you know, around now uh, at the, when the season started. But we figured a couple of those guys that started the season uh, as a uh, – you know, opening day would end up being the front runners for rookie of the year because just because they'll have more volume. But, you know, a lot of those guys have, have really scuffled. And, uh, you know, Adley Rutschman has an opportunity to come in and, and do, the, do it himself. So uh, we'll see what ends up happening. He's had a pretty good – or he, he hadn't had a great start, but he's looked all right so far. Um, you know, just the 86 WRC plus, but, you know, 300 on base percentage – 222 average i mean he's not striking out a ton he's hit the ball pretty hard a couple times i think i don't you know it's just been a it's just been like four or five games so uh but i think adley rutschman's gonna end up being really really good so yeah he has all the talent in the world and you know we've seen him when he gets to a place struggle to start with just trying to learn the environment learn it all um and then once he gets settled in he you know takes off from there Uh, and especially that jump to the major leagues is is a bigger than any step he's taken before. So it will be fun to watch him. And, you know, like you said, he does have a legit chance to win the rookie of the year just because of the way that the other people, other rookies so far have struggled. Um, even though Julio Rodriguez has kind of looked a lot better recently. Yeah, started, uh... I think we kind of saw that one coming because of the, uh, the enormous strikeout rate and bad calls he was getting. But Adley does have a thing, and it's good for Orioles fans. They have something to really cheer for now, um, you know, when that team doesn't have much talent on it to begin with to begin with but uh another little thing we wanted to just hit on is blake trinan of the dodgers signed an extension uh he had an option for 2023 already they basically guaranteed that 
Um, and then there's some sort of a 2024 option. I, I don't remember if it was a, a mutual or club slash player, but there's some sort of a 2024 option on that deal. Yeah, uh, you know, Blake Trinan is pretty well documented his you know his career he's been a really good reliever he was he had that one year with the a's where he was like the best closer in baseball hands down uh then he struggled for a year or two the dodgers got him kind of figured it back out he's he's not quite as elite as he was with the a's but he's pretty pretty darn good and uh he's been on the il pretty good bit this year i don't know what this uh, extension might mean for his il stay hopefully it doesn't mean that his il stay is going to be a lot longer than you know was kind of expected but uh you know, he'll be back next year if, 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 if not this year. And, uh, you know, the Dodgers lock up a guy who's a, a really solid reliever and probably, you know, depending on how, you know, they feel about Gratterall and, and, you know, Kimbrell being a free agent at the end of this year, probably be their closer in, in my opinion. He's, in my opinion, he's already their best one. But, you know, Gratterall's got the talent to be able to do that, um, even though he hadn't fully put it together yet. And then, you know, Kimbrell is um, – you know, obviously an established closer right now. So, and Kimbrel does not like pitching, not the ninth inning. So, um, but, uh, but we'll see what ends up happening. I, I'm in, I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, if hopefully he comes back this year, gets healthy. Yeah. I'm not as um, enthusiastic as I think I should have been for when they signed this extension, just because it's, it was such a weird time. Um, you don't really see extensions for a guy, you know, who has an option year left or this early in the season, unless it's kind of bad news forthcoming. Uh, we haven't heard anything yet, like for sure, but there had been some rumblings that he, if he, even if he was going to return this year, it was going to be like late August, early September. Um, he still hasn't even picked up a baseball yet, and he would have to go through a whole throwing program and that. So, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not back this season. Um, as far as the closer thing, they, they don't really want to use him as a closer. Uh, they like him as being able to use the high leverage reliever in whatever spot they want. So they, they would patch together that actual closer spot. But, um, you know, I just don't think it's really a good sign for him coming back this season for the way the extension was and the news that was kind of coming out the day before, um, the extension was signed. Cause I think it was on Saturday that Roberts pretty much said that he's got a long road ahead and that probably early August or late August, early September, if anything this year. So not great there, but at least he signed and we know he'll be back for 2023 with some sort of a 2024 option at least. Uh, but for the next segment, we wanted to quarter way through the season. It's going to be early reactions here, but we wanted to say, are we buying or selling the uh, struggles that these teams have made so far? Most of them are teams we expected to be very competitive this year. Um, and, you know, fight for a playoff berth. So we'll go ahead and start in the NL East. We have the Toronto Blue Jays. They've started 23 and 20. Uh, they have a negative seven run differential. Uh, the big things we've seen from them is that, you know, Vladdy, Vlad Guerrero has really struggled so far to start this season um, and that they have been the worst team in Major League Baseball with runners in scoring position. Yeah, you look at the Blue Jays and, um, you know, I think they're, I think they're going to be fine. I, I don't know whether that's buy or sell, but I guess we're selling the bad start, buying the team. But yeah. um, I think they're going to be fine. Uh, you know, I think some of their issues are overblown a little bit. Um, you know, uh, you look at Vlad Jr., and I think he's going to be fine. He's not slugging quite as much as he was last year. Uh, you know, I am a little worried about a couple of their guys. Bo Bichette, I'm definitely a little worried about. 
Um, he hasn't looked good, and his approach at the plate is not very, has never been very good. And he has to hit, you know, he has to hit the ball really hard and 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 to, for it to work. So I am a little worried about Bo Bichette, but this is still a young team. They're a little bit streaky. Uh, they've had some really bad luck on balls in play. Matt Chapman has pl- actually played very, very well. He's hit well, but he's just had nothing to show for it. I mean, you're looking at a guy who's baseball savant page is basically all in reds except for strikeout rate, which, you know, 26% for him is, you know, honestly an improvement over his last couple of years. But, um, you know, he's that that's not going to stay like that. Uh, you know, they have had some struggles from some guys like Lourdes Gurriel and Teoscar Hernandez, who typically aren't going to struggle that much. But, um, you know, Teoscar Hernandez had a really rough start. But, um, you know, pitching wise, I mean, Kevin Gossman's been insane. Alec Benoa has been to me, you know, he's been a key for them because he's been kind of taking that step that they were hoping to get from him. Uh, I am worried about Jose Barrios. He hasn't looked very good. He's not getting the swings and misses he he typically has. But, I mean, I, I really think the Blue Jays are going to be okay. Um, some of those guys that in their offense that were expected to be really good are, are going to turn it around. And, and then their pitching is their pitching's not as bad as it's been so far. Um, but, you know, it's also not crazy good. So we'll see what happens with them. Um, you know, they'll probably need to add a couple pieces in that bullpen at the deadline, in my opinion. Jordan Romano has been really good, but, um, you know, Adam Simber has been really good. But they, they could probably, you know, reason to add a couple arms. Um, you know, I, I, I think they'll be OK, though. Yeah, I'm selling the the bad star from the Blue Jays as well, um, for basically for everything you've mentioned. And I think we've seen enough of a track record through Barrios, at least to, to see that he'll bounce back. Uh, you know more than what he's shown so far and i've watched his last couple sp- starts and uh, i think one of them was against seattle and he went like seven shutout innings and then the one against st louis he was looking really good i think it was until the sixth inning um, and that's when he kind of gave up i think three runs there but Manoa's taken that jump which is nice to see ryu he's battled some injuries which is something he's done his whole career but you know he's looked pretty decent when he's been out there gossman's been unworldly but i expect a little bit of regression there but the offense, I think that's the way you're really going to see them, you know, take that step forward. Vlad's not going to be as bad as what he is so has been so far. Like it, it, he'll he'll slug more. Well, when we call Vlad bad, he's got a 130 WRC plus. I mean, he hadn't been bad. He's been extremely good. He just hadn't been like the he best hitter the, in baseball. Yeah, he he <laughs> wasn't what he was last year, which I don't think we expect him to be that guy. But like, yeah, we I think we still expect him to be better than what he has been so far, um, just based off what we've seen but you know matt chapman will be a guy who turns it around you'll see some of these other guys turn it around as well um and you know i mentioned last week sort of the offensive taking another step forward we've seen that a lot this week um and that kind of helps transition into one of the other teams that we've seen really unload uh, offensively this past week and that's been the boston red sox who are 20 and 22 uh, got a positive 14 run differential. They're starting to heat up now. Uh, in the month of May, they have a 929 OPS, 20 homers. Um, and we've seen Trevor Story bounce back and the whole offense really just get going. Yeah, there's a, I can't remember a player that had completely changed the narrative on him in like a week as much as Trevor Story has, honestly. But, um, but for real, I think this Red Sox team, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, 
I think they're going to end up with a record, a winning percentage real similar to what they got right now. The reasons because I think they're always going to be a streaky team because they're, you know, they're the way they, they play on offense. Um, I think their offense is really good. I love Xander Bogarts. I, I always have. I love Rafael Devers. He's really, really good. Uh, Trevor Story, I think, is probably a true talent about what he's been on the season now, which is a good hitter, kind of lower on base, but he's going to slug. He needs to play a really good shortstop, or I guess he's playing second for the, for the Red Sox, but he should be playing shortstop. Um, but I, I don't really expect the Red Sox. The biggest problem I have with the Red Sox, is I, I don't expect their pitching to hold up. I mean, Nick Pavetta is leading their, their pitchers in war right now. Uh, you've got, you know, Nate Evaldi is not, isn't going to be as bad as he's been. He had that one outing that we talked about a couple weeks ago where he gave up a ton of home runs. That 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 his numbers are really skewed by that one outing. But, um, you know, I, I expect a couple of these guys, like, like I think Garrett Whitlock is going to continue to be pretty good. But I don't expect Nick Pavetta to keep this up the whole season, even though he's he's still got a 425 ERA. I don't think he's very good. Their bullpen is a disaster. Uh, I think that, um, you know, and defensively, they're just okay. Now, they do have some struggling hitters that could turn around. I definitely don't expect Alex Verdugo to be this, ba- this bad all year. But, um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think this team's going to end up being similar to what they are now. And, and the fact of the matter, too, is the fact that, you know, they're in the, the AL East. The Yankees are, you know, just plain incredible. And, you know, the Blue Jays, I, you know, we both agree we think they're going to turn it around, and, and even though they're really not all that bad anyways. And, uh, you know, the Rays are still playing well. So, I mean, you got to really over j- jump over three teams, and, and I just don't see that happening. So I, uh, I'm definitely, um, I guess, selling the Red Sox as a team that's going to turn it around. Yeah, I, I would – basically sell them as well um and like you mentioned it's just strictly because of the pitching staff um if they're going to want to be competitive they're going to need to make some sort of a move to get some other pitchers in there in the bullpen and in the rotation um you know they could be getting the boost with chris sale who was supposed to be ready mid to late june um that would be big for them depending on which chris sale you get but you know if if they can get a guy like that and then trade for one of these other starting pitchers that you know are going to be out there on the market this year and then maybe a bullpen arm or two, I'd feel a little bit better about it. But they're a team I wasn't really high on coming into the year anyways. I, I think I even predicted them to finish fourth in the division. Um, and they've pretty much backed it all up. We knew they would hit and we knew they wouldn't pitch as well. And that's sort of what we've seen. And without moves, I don't think you can really buy the team as being a competitor in the AL East in the long run, if they don't get some other pitching in there. Yeah. And I, I will say one thing about them before we, before we get off the Red Sox here. And, and it's the fact that Rich Hill has actually been pretty good. And the fact that, uh, Michael Walker has not been a disaster and that, you know, those two guys were keys to that. They had to have good seasons for the Red Sox pitching staff to hold up and their starting staff, hasn't been great, but to a certain level has held up. It's really just their bullpen. It's a lot easier to find bullpen help at the deadline. I mean, well, but, it, uh, it, it comes to the point where if you can find a couple yeah. starters, you can throw how can Whitlock back in the bullpen where yeah. you've been using them as starters and they excelled in the bullpen last year. So that immediately makes your bullpen better. Basically you get two upgrades there. If you can get one starting pitcher for your rotation, like yeah. I, that's something yeah. I think that and, they can remember. Remember, hopefully Chris Sell comes back at some point too. You know, well, that's what I was just saying. For a while, and yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, he's supposed to be back at you know mid to late June, so yeah. hopefully he comes back and is the Chris Sale we all know. But yeah. uh, speaking of Chris Sale, we'll go to his old team, uh, the Chicago White Sox, who are twenty-one and twenty-one, uh, negative thirty-five run differential, uh, only batting two thirty-six as a team, and the worst walk rate in MLB so far. Yeah, uh, the White Sox have some issues, uh, but this is a team that. Man, this it, the White Sox are a tough one because I want to buy them as a team because I think they've dealt with a lot of injury issues. Uh, you know, they have they've had injuries to uh, you know to, to most of their star players. I mean, uh, you've got like like Luis Robert missed missed seven games this year. Um, you've had uh, you know Andrew Vaughn's missed fourteen games. Um, but but you know you look at their their pitching and said you know they, their pitching's missed a lot of time you know they still haven't gotten anything from lance lynn yet um you know you've had lucas giolito's been on the shelf for a while um you know that those are two i mean that's their two top pitchers those two and dylan cease that they needed to to do well uh so you know that that, that worries you about the uh, that, that that's encouraging that they are getting going to get healthy at some point or, or at least they're, hopefully they're going to get healthy at some point uh, you know, but but the problem is the White Sox defensively have been unbelievably bad. Like it's hard to believe how bad they've been defensively. Um, I mean, Tim Anderson's made more errors than I think I've ever seen a player make in his first 36 games, and uh, you know it's just unbelievable. And and, and a lot of self-inflicted stuff. Um, and but the the thing is to you know you look at this team, they're not facing off with any kind of like juggernaut teams in their division. I mean, the twins have had a good start, but the twins are getting banged up too. I think the white Sox are going to eventually be okay. I don't think they're as much of a world series contender as I might've thought. So, you know, if you want to buy them, I don't think I can buy them as a world series contender anymore to me, but I think they'll still probably make the playoffs and, and, and when, and I, I think the chances are they win this division, even though I'd say it's more of like a, 51 49 chance that they win the division than the 90 percent i would have said at the start of the year but uh definitely some issues here but we'll, we'll see what happens with them yeah i'm really worried about the white Sox. um i just I, I know there was a lot of the allure around them and it just seems that even the players that we expected to still be there like jose Breu has really struggled so far to start the year and then if you even look at their you know expected win to loss ratio it's saying that they're supposed to be 17 and 25, like, and they're 21 and 21. Like they've even been playing worse than what their record says right now. Um, and I know the run differential kind of says that as well, but that's kind of aided by Boston scoring like 16 runs on them yesterday. Yeah. Like, so that, that's a big thing. They've had a couple of those big blow up games to kind of that way, but just in general, the team just doesn't seem to be there. Maybe that's the defensive part. Maybe getting Moncada back will help the offense a little bit more. Maybe the defense, like I, I just, I don't know what they can really do besides getting Lance Lynn back and the, the pitching to be more consistent. Like even getting Lance Lynn back, it's not going to help you defensively because he's a guy who is, you know, he, he strikes some guys out, but he puts more balls in play. Like where, where are you going to go from there? Like that's just going to hurt your defense because they're having more opportunities. So I don't know. I, I think I want to. I think I'm almost on the sell train for the White Sox. I really like what the Twins have done so far, um, and I just don't. I don't know where the White Sox. Um, it, it seems like they're in a bad place right now, and that I don't see any light at the end of the tunnel for them. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and, and like I say, I probably would be on the sell because I'm I'm right on the borderline on the White Sox. I think I would be on the sell if they were in any other division. But but uh, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, it'll, it'll yeah. be interesting with them. It will be. It'll be one to watch for sure. But let's jump over to the AL West uh, and a team that you know overachieved last year, and I it, you probably saw some of the regression coming. Um, but that is the Seattle Mariners, who are 18 and 27. They have a negative 29 rough run differential, uh, but there is a little thing in there is that they've been 10 and 8 at home with a plus 6 run differential and 8 and 18 on the road with a negative 34 run di- differential. Um, they've already had two of the East Coast trips, so that can, can take a wear on you. Um, and as far as at their home, they have the best home OPS in the American League at 767. Yeah, I, uh, this is a team I'm going to sell the Mariners team. Uh, I think that they are a team that I've kind of saw this coming before the season. Um, they're a team that was going to rely solely on players who or not solely, but they were going to rely heavily on players who are very unproven at the major league level. And a lot of people were getting caught up in the hype of, Oh my God, they got a great farm system. They had a good record last year, but you know, last year they really overachieved how talented their team was with by winning a ton of one run games and having a really good record, even, even with a bad run differential. And uh, you know, there, there's still stuff like, I don't think they're as bad as their record right now. But there's still there's still a lot to like about him. I mean, Ty France has continued what he did last year. He's been really good. Um, you know, Eugenio Suarez has actually been solid, which I think I said that was coming too. But um, you know, Julio Rodriguez, uh, even after his early struggles, has been really good. Uh, he's got a 120 WRC plus on the season now, and he's up over a one win above replacement, and he'll just continue to to get better. Um, but, I mean, this is a team that just doesn't have a lot of depth, and, and their pitching, to me, was always a problem. And I know they signed Robbie Ray, but but coming in, I, I thought Robbie Ray was going to regress off of what he did last year. His peripherals didn't quite match what he did last year, uh, you know, ERA-wise, and it's definitely been the case. He's actually been the opposite this year. His peripherals are, are similar to what they were last year. He's just been a little unlucky this year, a 477 ERA. I think he's a little bit better than that, but... Uh, you know, the walks are back up a little bit with him. He's not throwing as hard. There's definitely something mechanical there. Now, I will say that Logan Gilbert has been a revelation for this team, and he's been extremely good. And, and that, you know, George Kirby has looked pretty solid since he's come up. He hasn't been, his ERA doesn't show it quite yet, but he hasn't been walking, guys. And he's a young pitcher. He throws pretty hard. Uh, he, he's looked pretty good. He's got a, you know, a 311 XFIP in his first four starts, which I think he's going to continue to be a, a really solid piece of the big league level. But I mean, it's just the team you're going to rely on Chris Flexen, Marco Gonzalez, Matt Brash, who, you know, I know you really like Matt Brash, but I think he's got a lot more seasoning that needs to be done just because he's one of those super high upside, but guys who seems to not really throw a lot of strikes right now. And, you know, he's got to, got some stuff to work on there, but, um, you know, we'll see what ends up happening with the Mariners. I, I do think there's still some hope for this team. I mean, they've got some pretty good pieces, but I just don't. I mean, I don't know. I just, I just haven't really felt like this Mariners team was quite ready yet. I think they're probably a year away. I, and by the way, one other thing, it does not help them that Mitch Hanniger's only played nine games, which has been a problem for him in the past. Yeah, the see, I'm probably more high on the Mariners than most people were. Um, you know, I I see a lot of 
upside that can turn around with the Mariners that they aren't as bad as what they have. You look at a guy like Jesse Winker, who I he I don't think he's a two nineteen hitter anymore. Like he's probably not the three oh five guy he was last year, but he's only getting on base to you know three ten, you know three thirty one percent mark, where his career low before that was you know a three fifty seven. Like he'll get on base more, um, he'll start hitting the ball more, and they've got a guy like Kyle Lewis just came back off the IL yesterday who's going to be a big piece for them as well. If you can get Mitch Hanniger back, like the offense is going to take a step forward. The pitching staff, Ray will, Robbie Ray will get in line a little bit better than what he has been so far. Um, Logan Gilbert's taken that step forward. Ger- George Kirby's been really good so far. I think the starting pitching is, it's. I think it's good enough to help you win enough of the games that you need to. I think the real thing they need to upgrade is the bullpen. Um you know, you've been relying on a guy like Andres Munoz, who's still pretty young, but hasn't been good. Um, you know, like Sergio Romo in there. I think he's actually been pretty decent, but he's been great. One thirteen ERA. Well, he's been look at that. Uh, I didn't know he's been that good, but overall, like I, I think you just need some other, some more help in that bullpen. The offense will will take a step forward, and I think that's kind of what's been hurting them is they've been playing a lot of close games with the offense, um, not being able to score as much, and then the bullpen kind of blowing it late. Um, so I, I think they'll take a step forward. I don't think they're going to be, you know, bottom of the division like they are right now, but they've already put themselves 10 and a half games behind the top two teams in this division. Um, so that's a major hole to climb out of. Um, you know, they could probably fight back into a wild card fight, but definitely not, you know, competing for the division. Like I thought they were going to be early on and they have a lot of home games like to come, like they've already played was that 20, is that 28 games on the road, 29 games on the road, and they only 18 home games. So they have a ton of home games coming that will help, you know, boost that record record even a little bit more. So. Yeah, yeah. Just the, you know, one other little note of the Mariners: you look at playoff odds for teams on fan graphs. Uh, they do a pretty good job typically. Of course, last year the World Series champs had like four percent playoff odds at one point, but. Um, but they, uh, you know, you look at the Red Sox, we talked about 37%, the Blue Jays still at 85%, White Sox 61%, the Mariners are at 5% playoff odds. I mean, they're, you know, a lot of the projections and stuff don't really like the Mariners, but, uh, there, there is a lot to like, in my opinion, about them. I, I, in fact, I honestly think that they, as a talent level, are a little bit better than I thought they were going to be this year. I think it's a mix of they're a little bit better than their record. They're a little bit, but, or they're, they're better than their record. I think their talent level is better than their record. Their talent level, their record's about what I thought it would be. Maybe a little bit worse, but they, they're they just... I still don't see them being a real contender right now. I think they're a year away, but anyways. Yeah, I need some of those young guys to take a step forward. But Yeah, for we'll sure. See. So let's jump over to... We mentioned we uh, earlier that we would talk more about the NL East, and that's what we're going to do right here, starting with Atlanta. Um, they are looking at a 20 and 23 record so far, negative 14 run differential. Um, they do have 52 homers on the year, which I believe at this point last year they had 54. So they're still slugging the ball really well, um, which I think it's second in the NL. And the big thing that you kind of got to look at is that they've played to an eight and eight record since Ronald Acuna Jr. returned. Um, and some of their key pieces that they really expected to be you know, big pieces offensively have really struggled to start the year. Yeah. So a couple things with the Braves, um, the Braves have had some pretty rotten Babbitt pluck this year. A 285 Babbitt for a team that is one of the higher teams in the in the big leagues in exit velocity is uh you know that's pretty pretty dismal. 
uh, and, and the strikeouts have been a problem for the Braves. 26% strikeout rate as a team, for it, which is way, way too high for, for them to be a have a good offense right now. But, um, you know, you look at them and, and you do have some encouraging signs uh, recently. Uh, you know, like you mentioned, Ronald Acuna Jr. coming back. He's He's been pretty solid, 137 WRC+. Plus. Um, he's not hitting quite for the power yet, and he's actually – missed some games even since he came back off the IL from his from his ACL injury he's had some issues with staying staying fully healthy he's had some uh you know he had a I think he had a little bit of a groin issue last week he had a, he, he got scratched from the lineup tonight with a quad issue they expect him to be back over the weekend but you know he's going to have a little bit of maintenance type stuff like that you know kind of coming back to full uh you know be, playing full games full time uh but uh you know it's just the team that They've and they've lost a lot of games in ways that you're like, man, this is this is rough. <laughs> but uh, you know, they've had some good good performances. William Contreras has really been a relevant revelation for this team. Uh, he's been really good. He had a, another home run tonight, and you know, a guy who has hit extremely well. He's got a 190 WRC plus on the season, um, and as a guy who you know he's a catcher, so um, you know that's pretty. Um, you know, it's pretty amazing if he can keep that up and, and stay behind the plate. But, uh, you know, they've had some issues with the pitching, too. Uh, you know, Max Freed's been great, as, as he usually is. Kyle Wright's been incredible, which is shocking. Spencer Strider's been incredible as, out of the bullpen. Um, he might end up in the rotation at some point. But some of those, uh, some of the guys that they relied on last year, look at the bullpen arms they relied on in the playoffs last year. Tyler Matzik is on the injured list now, and he was horrible before getting put on the injured list. And Will Smith hasn't been very good either. He's been giving up that home run ball again, and he's not striking guys out at the same level as he usually does. So that's a couple of issues they've had. They really don't have a five starter. Charlie Morton's looked like his age is showing a little bit, but. Um, we'll see what ends up happening. I still think this bullpen is good. Um, they've had some tough luck at times, but I think they're good. Um, starting rotation with Max Freak, Kyle Wright are still really good. Ian Anderson's been decent. You know, Charlie Morton will be okay. Um, I still think this team's pretty good, but I, you know, I wouldn't call them the favorite anymore. I would say that they're probably more of the. I think they're more of a wild card team than they were looking like at the start of the year. But they're not going to keep playing this poorly all year. Um, I think they're gonna turn it around at some point, so we'll see what ends up happening. But uh, but yeah, this team. They, oh, one other guy to mention. They they haven't had uh, Eddie Rosario for more than he played 15 games in the IL with a he had a vision issue and he had to have surgery on his eyes. So he's gonna be back in a couple months. But uh, that was another big offseason acquisition that that's no longer on the active roster. So uh, we'll see what ends up happening with them. But I, I think they are gonna be okay. Yeah, I absolutely think that the Braves are going to be better than what they were uh, or have been so far. Um, the addition of Ronald Acuna Jr. coming back, that's just going to lift everybody up. Um, and you said the mention of the Babbitt luck, that will turn around. Like over a season, it will figure itself out. I remember last year early on, we were talking about how bad Freddie Freeman's Babbitt luck was um, to start the season. And then by the end of it, you know, he was had a typical Freddie Freeman season. So I definitely expect it to turn around. The rotation, I expect them to be just fine. Um and the Braves will will turn around, and I I, I still think they're probably going to end up winning the division, um, just with the Mets struggles so far, the pitching staff, the injury concerns, you know, those are huge question marks. And I think I would lean towards the Braves having, you know, what they had so far, and the question marks they have are, you know, 
a lot less risky than what the Mets have. So I would still expect the Braves to, to take a step forward. But uh, talking about the Phillies as well, in the same division, 20 and 23, a positive 14 run differential. Um, you know, the, the big thing for them is, which we've talked about all the time, they're so bad defensively. They are fourth worst in the major leagues in turning balls into uh, balls in play into outs. Um, I think it's been six, I think six of their seven or six of their nine or maybe five of the nine um, guys in the, the starting lineup have a WRC plus over 100. Um, I know Dubal Herrera is pretty close at like a 98. Um, the pitching staff has been you know, really good. Like Zach Wheeler, Kyle Gibson, Zach Eflin, Aaron Nola. They've been really good so far, you know, even with the bad defense. And even the high leverage relievers have been pretty decent. Sir Anthony Dominguez has been really good. Corey Knable has been really good. Jose Alvarado, the ERA doesn't look good, but the FIP, you know, the ERA at 730, but the FIP of 256 and an XFIP of 324. Like that shows that, you know, he has had some bad luck so far as well. Really, the whole issue has been the, you know, low leverage guys in that bullpen haven't been, you know, what they're expected to be. Yeah, like Damian Jones or Damian Jones has a 964. Christopher Sanchez has a 584. Uh, Jerry's Familia has a 460 ERA. James Norwood has 853. Like, it's really just been the low leverage guys in that bullpen and the defense that is really hampering the Phillies. And, uh, you know, obviously we've talked so much about their defense. I don't know what you're going to be able to do to change that at this point. You're just going to have to outslug that. Um, but I think it's been more refreshing that the, the, you know, the, at least the back end of that bullpen, which is something that they did make a couple steps towards this offseason, has actually looked really good. And that top four in that ro- starting rotation has looked pretty decent so far as well. Yeah, I mean, you look at uh, – I, I agree with some of that. You look at uh, definitely, uh, you know, Corey Knables helped them a lot. Uh, the, the big thing with the Phillies is that, I mean, you look at their ERA is 395 compared to a 350 FIP. Typically, I'd say, oh, they've been a little unlucky or whatever, but that's a, a lot of that's defense. I mean, that defense is bad. Last night, it cost them a game against the Braves that they should have won, uh, you know, with a dropped fly ball in center field. I mean, it, you know, Nick Castellanos, now they're, now they're playing Nick Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber in the outfield every day because Bryce Harper is only able to DH. So that's been a problem for them. You know, Bryce Harper has played really well. Uh, you know, they've had some good good outcomes from, I mean, uh, you know, hitting-wise. I mean, Alec Bohm's looked a little bit better. Uh, but, I mean, this is just a team that, there's, to me, it's just nothing really. It's a team of about seven DHs and about three good starting pitchers and then a bunch of other guys. I mean, I think Corey Knable's a pretty good pretty good guy to have as your, as your closer. But, you know, that bullpen, I still, you know, Jose Alvarado is a guy that he just walks so many guys. His, his you know, he's going to have blow up games because he walks so many guys. He just has no control. I mean, you look at, um, you know, a, a guy like Brad Hand has a 153 ERA, a 159 ERA, but a 519 XFIP. He's not as good as he's pitched so far. And I just don't believe in this Phillies team at all when it comes to, put together i think they're just a, i think they're a collection of pretty good players that's just poorly put together um to, to me but we'll see what ends up happening with them i mean they've got some encouraging things i mean i and, and i don't think that like nick castellanos is going to continue to have a 105 wrc plus you know alec or uh reese hoskins well, he's probably about what he is right now jt real muto is going to hit better than an 83 wrc plus definitely yeah. believe that like Bryce Harper is going to continue to play extremely well. Uh, but, I mean, they still don't have a center fielder. 
you know, their shortstop situation is, I mean, Johan Camargo has actually played pretty well for them. But believe me when I say I don't think Johan Camargo is going to be your answer at shortstop. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I really don't believe in this team very much at all. So we'll see what ends up happening. You never know. They've got enough firepower offensively that they could do. They, they could make waves, but it's just. You know they're not on they're not on they're not the worst team on this list of buy or sell, but I definitely they put them somewhere in the lower tier of these teams we're talking about today. Yeah, you know to me I think they're going to be a close to five hundred record team. Like they'll they'll take a step for, uh, forward offensively. I, I do think that the pitching staff, at least the, the top four, at least can keep up what they've been doing. The back end can keep doing what they've been doing. I just the, the big thing is just. Where can they improve that defense? And I just don't see how they're going to be able to do that because that's really what they're going to need to be a top flight team. Um, you know, you can't have a bad defense and compete with teams like the Mets, the Dodgers, the Braves, who are so, you know, the, the uh, Padres when they're at full staff, like they are so good offensively. You can't afford to be giving those teams extra outs. And that's the whole, the Phillies whole problem right now is just giving teams extra outs especially good teams, that's where you're going to get beat. And there's just no clear room for them to make that improvement without some, you know, multiple massive changes in the middle of the season. Yeah, and I was going to say, there's really nowhere that you can really improve to because, I mean, what are you going to do, bench Nick Castellanos because he's a bad outfielder? I mean, it no, just, you're it's... paying a guy $20 million a year, you're going to sit him on the bench. I mean, I mean that... That's kind of the types of things. Like, there's not a lot. It's the way you built the team. There's not a lot you right. can do at this point about it. Well, like you, like you say, I think I'm kind of agreeing. But yeah, that, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you, you can't. There's, there's nothing you can do without making massive changes. Like, you can go get a, a you know, better defensive center fielder. That's going to help a little bit. But like, who are you going to get to at third base? Like, you believe highly in Alec Bohm, but like, and he's been good offensively. So. Where are you going to find a defensive third baseman that, you know, are, are you gonna really going to want to replace Alec Bohm so far? Like, Gene Segura has been pretty good so far. Are you going to replace him? Like, where are you going to go at shortstop? Because you believe Bryson Stott's your guy, even though he's really struggled so far this year. And you have DD coming back. Like, there's just no clear answer for them to, to take that step defensively without some wholesale changes that I don't see coming at all. Like, they've built the team this way for, for a reason. And there's just you can't pivot off that so it's going to be you need your offense to take a step forward and you just need to hope for the best defensively and i mean it's it's pretty decent so far but i think this is what they're going to be like anyways so uh the last team that we have in the buy or sell uh stage of the show is the the san francisco giants uh they are 24 and 19 with a plus 21 run differential um, they have less power than they were showing last year, but they're still at 4.9 runs per game, still getting on base with their fifth in the majors at that point. Um, their third offensively and productive outs, moving people over. Uh, the big thing that they've taken a step back far, uh, a big step back from last year is their defense. Um, they have a high ERA this year and a jump in hard, hard hit contact rate. Uh, and really that goes to the defensive rate in the outfield. They're negative seven DRS in the outfield compared and negative three on the infield this year. Um, just a really weird thing. The Giants are usually a, such a sound defensive team, um, you know, and there's definitely room for improvement there. Like you can, you can see that, that it's not much of a change that 
has, has to be made for them to become a better defensive team, especially what we've seen from them in the past. That will come around. I think Brandon Belt coming back will help that. Brandon Crawford, obviously, will. Evan Longoria being back is probably better than Wilmer Flores at third base, um, which is what you've been seeing a lot of anyways. Uh, but, yeah, and their pitching staff will, will, you know, will be good. But I don't know if, you know, how are we feeling on the Giants? Like, I, I, I'm so torn on if I think that they're going to keep this up or if they're just going to take the step back because of just I didn't believe them in them last year. They're keeping up the same pace this year. But even less, like, I'm less confident in them even this year. Yeah, so I think the Giants, you know, I think that they're a team that they're probably the third best team in their division. I mean, you know, the the Dodgers, you kind of flip the Dodger, I mean, the Padres and the Giants records from last year, and I think that's what you'll end up with. Because, I mean, the Giants, for, for one thing, there are some good signs with the Giants. Mike Kostrzemski's back to the player he was in the short 2020 when he looked like he was going to end up being a, you know, a superstar. And he's been that guy again this year so far. I mean, he's been extremely good. Not he's, his, his plate discipline's been elite this year. Um, you know, a 308 average, 406 on base, 477 slugging, a 1.2 war so far. He had another home run today that didn't even count that. Uh, you know, they, they lost a lot from last year's team too. You got to remember, you know, you lost Buster Posey, and he was extremely good last year, and you replaced him with a rookie and Joey Bart, who has been okay. Uh, you know, 0.4 wins above replacement hadn't been a disaster, but I mean, striking out 46% rate, that's, that's really, really bad. Uh, but a few things, you know, too, your, your team has a 292 Babbitt, which is pretty low. It'll probably come up some. Um, it, there's just a lot of guys on this team that I just don't know. You know, they've also had a lot of injuries, too. There's a lot of guys on this team I just don't know if I believe in really to, to a certain level. Uh, but, I mean, their pitching staff, I mean, Carlos Rodon has looked, like, incredible. Logan Webb is really good. You know, you'd like to see him strike a few more guys out, but that's not really the top thing of his game. Alex Cobb, I don't know where his velocity came from, but um, he's also been one of the most unlucky pitchers in baseball. 625 ERA to go with a 275 uh, FIP and a 236 X FIP. He'll be a lot better ERA-wise than he's been so far. But um, some of that small sample size on all these two, by the way. But, um, but yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. I think this team's going to be okay. Um, I don't think they're going to be... I don't think they're as good as they were last year, but you know, they find ways to win games too. That's just one other thing about the giants. They always, they always do. They've, they're very well managed. And they win their platoon splits. It's a team that I would, I typically would see overperforming their, um, you know, their talent level and, and they're kind of expected win loss record, uh, by the end of the season. I just think they, they do a great job mixing and matching and, and winning a lot of close games, but, uh, we'll see what ends up happening with them. Uh, they're definitely, uh, a team that, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be close down at the end of the season with them whether they make the playoffs or not. Yeah, it's gonna be close. And just through the same amount of games last year, or uh, you know, on through forty one games last year, not the same amount, but they were twenty five and sixteen last year through the forty one games. They're on the similar pace this year, like it, where they were the best team in major league major leagues last year, and they're just slightly behind that record wise right now. Like, I believe the defense will come around, and that will probably you know, make me more of a believer in what they can do to sustain um, the success in the division. But like you mentioned, the the Dodgers are going to be the Dodgers and the Padres have shown 
you know, especially with Bob Melvin, which we knew they were going to be a big jump this year. They've shown that team that was early on last year before their late season collapse. Um, and it's going to be hard to keep up with those two teams with the, the lack of talent that the Giants have, you know, in-house where they just do the mix and match thing and hope it works. Um, but it will be something interesting to watch, you know, see if they can bounce back defensively at least. But let's jump over to players of the week and wrap this episode up. So who do you have for your hitter this week? Uh, my hitter this week is actually Trevor Story. Um, he has had a very, very nice week. Um, in 28 plate appearances, six games this week. He's hit six home runs, uh, which is a lot. Um, he's hitting 333 with a 393 on base percentage and a 1.083 slugging. That's good for a 299 WRC plus, but that also comes along with a 182 batting average on balls in play, which is extremely low. So he's been incredibly unlucky this week, and he still put up those that you know that slash line. Uh, Trevor Story has really just made up for a lot of you know a lot of poor. Uh, well, I won't say poor play, but I, he's made up for a lot of uh, people who were not happy about how he started the season, and uh, he's been extremely good this last couple weeks in general, but really this last seven days, it's been incredible. And, uh, you know, we'll see what he ends up, you know, going forward. We'll see if he's able to keep up, you know, I'm sure it'll be somewhere in between, but we'll see if he's able to keep up a really solid pace. Um, he's, you know, if he continues to hit well, you know, look out for Trevor story. Cause you know, he's a guy that he's going to play good defense. He's a good base runner. Um, and he's a little streaky at the plate, but if he hits for some, if he keeps hitting for power, he's, he's really good at the plate, you know, at times. So, um, definitely, uh, definitely a guy who, uh, you know, is really starting to turn his season around and spin my player of the week. So, yeah. And I, Trevor story is a guy who I believed was always going to turn it around, even though the critics from, you know, Oh, he's, he's leaving Coors and he's had, you know, all his success was at Coors. You know, if you've listened to people talk about trying to hit in Coors then leave on the road, it is very difficult. Um, so I always figured he was going to be a guy once he, you know, got settled into a place and finally learned, you know, like the ball's not changing, the atmosphere's not changing, I should say, going from one way to the other and how you have to hit to be su- successful in one place and the other. He was going to turn it up. I think the the big thing to me that really stood out this week is with, every, with everything he did, he still only had a 182 batting average on balls in play this week like that is still really low so like he he has room to improve you know big time off of that still um so trevor story is definitely a guy i expected to turn around and it's not surprising that he had a week like this once he's starting to figure it out um for my hitter this week i went with the homer pick i usually try to avoid it but mookie Betts was just so good this week i couldn't do it um, offensively, he was the best team per fan graphs or the best player for per fan graphs war this week, um, a 458 average a 552 on base, a one, an 1100, Jesus, can I talk a 1.125 slugging percentage for a 347 WRC plus a full win above replacement, um, four homers, nine runs, 10 RBIs. Uh, and basically he just, he, he makes this Dodgers team go. And when he's on, that just makes that whole lineup, you know, so much better. And I believe it was on the stats they were showing on the game. I believe it was Friday or maybe Saturday that in games where Mookie doesn't get a hit, the Dodgers are like 20 games under 500 since he's joined the team. And when he is in the lineup and hits, he they are like 
a 25 above or 30 above 500 record since he's got it. It's it's a dramatic shift whenever he gets a hit and sets the tone for that lineup. Um, and he was doing that this week. So Mookie Betts is my hitter this week. So who do you have for your pitcher this week? So my pitcher this week I picked was Zach Wheeler. I actually watched one of his starts this week, so I went ahead and went with him, even though he could get it a lot. Um, he, he had a rough start to the season. Uh, his first couple weeks this year were pretty pretty mediocre, but um, you know he's turned it around. His last two starts, 13 innings pitched over – or 13 two-thirds innings pitched over his last two starts over the past week. Uh, a 12.5 strikeouts per nine. He did not walk a single hitter. He did not give up a home run. That leads to a 0.34 xfit. I mean, a 0.34 fielding independent pitching, but his ERA a 132, really solid. Uh, two wins this week. Uh, I think he pitched seven innings against the Braves the other night and had over 10 strikeouts. Uh, in, the, in the start, I watched. He he just he looks back to the guy that that was you know there last year with, with Philly, and uh, you know that that's a big uh, big deal for them because this is a guy who, you know, he he they they needed him to do what he did last year because this team doesn't have a lot of room for error with their pitching, especially when you have a starter that's not going deep into games, you know, as we talked about earlier with their bullpen. So uh, definitely a great, uh, you know, great start, uh, you know, great, great couple starts for him. And I'm sure he'll keep it going, but uh, he'll probably have it. He'll probably get this award a few times this week. So, or this year. Yeah. Yeah. So that game you're talking about with Atlanta, six and two thirds, uh, eight hits, you know, his two runs there, but 10 strikeouts. We mentioned how bad the Phillies defense is. You need those strikeouts. Yep. Um, and then his other start this week was against the, the Padres. Seven innings of shutout baseball there, four hits, nine strikeouts. Um, so to do that against two teams who have a lot of firepower offensively um, is pretty impressive, which we saw that last year from him. Uh, I think we were just kind of waiting to see him take that step so far this year. Um, and it, it's starting to look like he's back to that form that was, uh, you know, put him as a Cy Young finalist last year. Uh, but for my pitcher this week, I ended up going with Sonny Gray, um, a big offseason addition for the Minnesota Twins. Had two starts this week, 13 innings pitched, um, you know, a 138 ERA, uh, 105 FIP. And in his two starts this week, one being against Oakland, he went six innings of giving up two runs on six hits, five strikeouts. But really his, his start that most people were talking about was against the Tigers, seven innings, four hits, one walk, but 10 strikeouts. Um, that's the type of performance you want to see from Sonny Gray. And after losing a guy like Chris Paddock, you really needed Sonny Gray to come back off his injuries and you know prove to be that guy that you expected him to be, that top of the rotation guy. Um, and he's, he's starting to prove that. His last couple starts have been really good. And even... You know, every, even since he's come back from that injury, he's had four starts, and in two of them he's gave shutouts, and the other two he's had two earned runs in each of them. So, um, really proven to be the guy that the the Twins really need on top of that rotation right now. For sure. But uh, anything else you want to wrap up on the show before we close it out? I think that's pretty much it. Uh, I think next week we'll probably have our uh, division break first or our third, I guess third division breakdown. Um, you know, it'll be the first week of June, so we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about the teams that we talked about this week, but we'll talk about all the other teams as well, and uh, you know, kind of where things sit. We'll talk a lot about the teams that are really succeeding right now. Next week, as as we talked about the teams who are struggling, uh, you know, in, in tonight's episode. So uh, look out for that next week, and uh, that's pretty much it. So, yep, definitely, we'll have the division breakdown next week. Fill you in on how everyone's doing throughout the season so far and uh, any other news that comes our way this week. But thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of the Batflip Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.